haunted mayhem. Hello, and welcome to Haunted Mayhem. I'm your host, Brandy Nicole, here to talk all things murder and mayhem. And what a murderous time it's been lately. Have you guys seen the arrest of the Gilgo Beach murder serial killer, Rex Herman? I mean, don't be ordering pizza if you've ever killed anybody. Um, no, honestly, that was really great that that's how they finally caught him um but man it's kind of scary like don't be eating nothing or well how about you just don't kill anybody that would solve all the problems but um if you do um if there's a spontaneous moment in your life where you know it happens um just don't be ordering pizza because if you're a suspect and you order pizza they're gonna get you even if you've been doing it for 15 years, as per this bastard. Um, I feel, you know, thoughts and prayers to the, to the victim's families and to that SLB's family as well, because they had no clue what their dad, husband, you know, brother, son, who. They had no idea what he was up to. I mean, he just looked like your run-of-the-mill, quiet father. You know, he's an architect. He looks super chill. And then, bam. Grandpa here done went out and killed a bunch of women. Like, ugh. Like, what is wrong with people? And, ugh. It makes you think about, like, secrets. And, like, oh, my God. What's my neighbor hiding? Like, I'm kind of glad I... I live on like a 60 acre farm, so I'm good for a little ways, but what's beyond that? It's kind of spooky. So how's everyone's summer going besides that? Summer treating you good, sweaty, hot, because that's how I'm going. Very, very hot here in Arkansas. It has me chasing the AC unit, water holes, whatever. Um, but it has allowed me because of all the AC chasing. To watch a little bit more entertainment, to hear some more entertainment, to read some more entertainment. And I'm going to share some fabulous recommendations that I have found recently. Um, the show Walker, I know it's been out for like three years now. Um, I don't know if you heard before on the podcast, but I'm really not a TV watcher. I'm usually going, going, going. Kids got this, kids got that. I've got a deadline. I got to go to work, whatever. Um, so I just don't have a lot of TV time and whatever little bit of free time I do get, I'm usually reading. So I actually had time to start a TV show besides the Witcher, um, with my son, Jace. Um, Jace is autistic and he sometimes has trouble sleeping. And one night, um, I couldn't sleep either. And we sat down and started watching Walker and, we both fell in love with this and he calls it, he now calls it our show. Um, I have the Witcher with dad. Now I have Walker with him. So, um, but, it, but it's a really, really good show. Um, I had never started it when it first came out because I mean, the guy who plays Walker to me was always going to be Sam Winchester, 
but he actually does a very good job playing Walker. And I just think his character is solid and storyline solid. And, uh, you know, it's a good, it's a good show if you like crime, because, you know, you've got the, the police investigation part of it. And if you also like family drama, um, broken heart and love interest, it's, it's got it all. So it's, if you haven't checked it out, you've been kind of like, eh, I don't know about it. It's good. I promise. So give her a whirl. Um, another book I recently finished was uh, Five Survive by Holly Jackson. Okay, so I was trying to guess. I thought I had the killer down the whole time. And props to Holly Jackson. Hello. To be able to create a book that is, I don't know, I don't need, 350 pages long, beautifully written, well done. But the, the book was based within a less than 12 hour period. That's right. Like from the time the book starts, it's like nine o'clock at night. When it ends, it's six o'clock in the morning. To be able to do that and keep the readers engaged, crowns to you, ma'am. Now, as far as the storyline goes, it was great. I was completely enthralled. I wanted to know everybody's secrets because you knew everybody was going to have a secret. Um, and Holly done a good job of pacing that throughout the story throughout the night. So it was, it was just great. Um, twist ending, not going to give it away, but I thought I was like, oh yes, that is who did it. That is who's going to kill him. Oh, and this one's going to die. Blah, 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 blah. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, well, the, the, so there's six that start at the beginning and then there's five at the end. The one that I was like, oh, he's a goner. He was a goner. So I'm not going to tell you because that would ruin it. But I did not see who the ringleader was going to be coming. I did not see that coming at all. So good job, Holly. If you're really into thrillers, suspense, mystery, Give Five Survive by Holly Jackson a try because it is fantastic. Uh, so, and as far as podcasts goes, I'm, I, my favorite, favorite go-to, like, podcast has always been my favorite murder. It's where I started with podcasts. It's always going to be. Um, but I recently was like, you know what? I need to, I need to stretch out my wings. Give me some more going. And, you know, I'm. Life can be hard sometimes, right? We get down, get, get in a funk. Um, and I hadn't had a lot of podcast time like I normally do during the school year. But I did tune into a new to me podcast because I needed a good laugh. It was one of those days I just needed a good laugh. Um, the ones, you know, where you feel like bawling or punching something until your knuckles bleed but you don't really know why you just need to do it. <laughs> Aren't those fun days? <laughs> They're so great. Uh, anyway, Crash Dummies podcast did not disappoint. It was funny and gave me all the smiles I needed to let go of the crap that had me in a crap mood. So if you haven't checked them out and need a laughing moment to get out of your funk, you should check it out. It is called Crash Dummies podcast podcast these guys are hilarious and i mean they throw in some real life stuff it's it's just great 
Um, speaking of podcasts, let's see what's going on over at Once Upon a Podcast Network. Uh, new to the network, Unpaused Life. Join these lovely ladies as they talk about hitting play on the pause button, getting out of your comfort zone, and living an unpaused life. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, I haven't started this podcast yet, but I am very excited. Um, it sounds like right in my alley. Um, I love that phrase, unpaused life. Um, on Mimesis, the ladies continue the Catch Me If You Can episode, which compared Frank Agnell to the movie based on his life. Um, so if you haven't heard episode one, give that a try and then follow up with the latest episode of Catch Me If You Can. Um, on the Genuine Creative, listen and learn about your values and how these can be the comp compass of your life. Lord, that's a powerful, powerful statement right there. The values of you and your life. So I think I need to tune into that. I mean, like, it's probably going to be like a must tonight. Values, life, you go. Then finally, on Starlight Tea, Chrissy and Belinda are serving the tea on handling overwhelm when life gets batshit crazy. Okay gonna put gonna go put this episode on a loop because that seems to be where my life idols batshit crazy so genuine creative starlight tea unpause i mean like the network just kind of has my life all kind of covered right now like right raining it all in with all those episodes so it sounds like nothing's gonna disappoint so be sure to click on over to once upon a podcast and check out all of those great new series new episodes and get a hold on the values of your life. All right, let's give it, get to it, shall we? To the murder. This week, we are going to be stepping back into the Civil War times. Oh, the stories that have been shared from this tragic time in history. It was sad. It was a sad time. It was a sad time for everybody. Um, women living in fear, children living in fear, men having to fight, you know, what was supposed to be their brethren. Um, you know, then there was the African-American people that were suffering. It was just a terrible time. Um, and there's just so many sad stories that come from that time period. Um, I'll never forget going to the sites of, in Mississippi and hearing about some of the bone chilling stories at the cemeteries and at the battlefields and the stories at the plantation houses in Louisiana. Um, because, you know, my husband's a big history buff. And we, when we're close to those places, he likes to stop. And um, it's just sad. It's just so sad that those, what everybody went through. Um, and this one is, is just is equally heartbreaking. Um, this story comes from 1864 and centers around one of Alabama's best known ghost stories. It's about the hanging of Methodist minister Bill Skateau. Um. So the site of Bill's hanging is, was at a bridge over the Choctaw River at the town of Newton, Alabama. Um, unfortunately, Bill went through a lot of pain. He was lynched and where he was hung eventually became known as the hole that will not stay filled. And we're going to get to that. And then we're going to get to 
the men that did this to him. But for now, I'm going to give you a little backstory about Bill. So Skitoe's Hole was a Dale County landmark for many years and became quite famous after Catherine Tucker Wyndham wrote about it in her book, 13 Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey. As the story goes, Bill Skitoe was a Southern soldier who came home to care for his sick wife during the darkest days of the Civil War. For one, how sad is that? Dude was fighting. He come home to care for his sick wife. And then, you know, tragedy strikes. It's kind of like one of those catch-22s. Like, my daughter would be asking me right now, well, what would have happened if he hadn't come home? Well, then we obviously might not have this story. But the fact that he did come home and take care of his wife, and then this happens, it's just like, what? You know, was it fate? What are your thoughts on fate? What are your thoughts on destiny? Because this kind of goes with it. So, anyway, let's go. He supposedly had hired a substitute to fight on his behalf and and was on his way home with medicine for his wife when he ran into men from Captain Joseph R. Brayer's company, usually described as the Dale County Home Guard near the Choctaw River. I don't think I'm saying that right. It's Choctawatchee. Choctaw. Oh my gosh. Choctawatchee River. Oh, okay. If you're from Alabama, let me know because that's that's a lot. It's a lot. It looks like chocolate with a chihuahua and a chi at the end. So, Choctawatchee River, maybe. Hopefully. Anyway, um, it's just across from the town of Newton. Brayer and his men accused Gato of desertion a charge that he denied. Despite his claims of innocence, they proceeded to hang him from the limb of a nearby water oak. His last words were said to be a prayer for God to forgive his killers. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, mm, that takes a lot. And you know what? Maybe it's a little of me to be like, I don't know if I could be praying for the people that's killing me. um, Or saying like, I forgive you because like huh, kind of really don't um but for, i hear stories like that all the time where people are like i forgave them or you know their last words were like god loves you or i love you or whatever look that's a that is a strong soul i pr- i promise you because i would be like i'm coming back with the hounds of hell Okay, so um, when I hear stories, I, I just get goosebumps because I'm like, boy, I'd be pissed. I'd be so pissed. I don't know that I'd be saying a prayer for them. I'd be like, God, hold these ropes because I'm going to kick the ass. Anyway, Skato was a tall man and his feet touched the ground, preventing his death. And that's terrible, too. Uh, one of the citizen soldiers, however, used his crutch to dig out a hole beneath the hanging man. And I mean, could it was there not a, I mean, well, of course this is the 1800s and it's the Civil War and people just freaking strung each other up just looking at them wrong. I would be in trouble. I would have done been lynched and hung, let me tell you 500,000 times just because of the look on my face. Okay? But this is a time when they would just assume and then you hung. But I would just think, like, is there not a way to, like, check his credentials, check to see if he's, like, a, you know, a runaway, or, like, is he 
Is he being on the up, up and up? Does he have medicine on him? Oh, wait. Yes, he does. Let him get that to his wife. It's just crazy to me that they used to be just so, you know, free-spirited about hanging people. Like, oh, let's find somebody to hang. Are you crazy? Um, so it's kind of like a time for, like, murderers and serial killers just to get away with murdering and killing people. Um, anyway. According to the legend, the hole remained long after Skito's body was removed. Local people came to regard it with a sense of horror. They would fill the hole with trash and debris. Why are you filling it with trash and debris? I mean, is there not more dirt? I'm sorry. I'm just like trash. Um, but they would return the next day to find it once again swept clean. The story grew that the ghost of Bill Skateau still swung from the tree and its dragging feet cleared the hole on a nightly basis. Mm-mm-mm. Historical records do indicate that several men were hanged in Dale County, Alabama in December of 1864 by members of Captain Joseph R. Brer's company, which was not actually a home guard company, but instead was a Confederate unit unit assigned to enforce the conscription or military draft in the region. So it just kind of sounds like, you know, Brer and his company were just being assholes and just, Hey, let's hang somebody tonight. Okay. Like I said, crazy times and it was okay. It was just people just was like, Oh, okay. Well, they hung somebody else. Um, rare was a seasoned military officer who had served with the army of Northern Virginia for much of the war. Curiously, most of the men he captured during his operation in and around Dale County were sent to serve in the Confederate army. Those who were hanged were generally accused of helping either the Union Army or the Raider gangs that were made up of deserters and others who regularly attacked towns and homes in the region. While the precise events that led to to Skato's hanging are not known at this time, a few details cast some doubt on the traditional story. First, there is no record of him ever having been a Confederate soldier. He was of military age and would have been subject to service in the Confederate Army unless he had a compelling excuse. Legend holds that he was a Methodist minister, which could have been the reason he never entered the Army. Okay, so if he never went to the Army and he went to get medicine and was on his way back for his wife and they caught him, the fact that he was a minister should have saved him still. I mean whether he was a soldier or not, had nothing to do with that. I mean, Brer and his men obviously just wanted to hang him. Um, as far as the story of him hiring a substitute to fight in his place, that part of the legend is definitely not true. The Confederacy had outlawed this practice well before the time of Skato's death. So, no substitute soldier. It sounds like a... I didn't even know they did that. Like, like what substitute teachers like i'm kind of i'm gonna take a vacation can somebody substitute for me while i do this i didn't know that that's what it was called i thought it was just fight till you die or fight till you go home crazy always learning okay what is known is that the men of Brer's cavalry engaged in heavy operations in and around dale county after a group of raids attacked a confederate ammunition wagon and murdered a southern officer <laughs> 
Hmm. A pitched battle was fought in what is now Geneva County in November of 1864 that resulted in the hangings of two men captured following the fight. One of them, Doc Prime, was a soldier from the 1st Florida U.S. Cavalry operating undercover in the region. Scoteau was hanged within days of Prime and the other men. All three of the hangings took place at Newton, and there is actually some evidence that a second man was hanged on the same day as Bill Scoteau. So these dudes were just absolutely out of hand. They were just like, hang, 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 hang. They were obviously getting a power trip out of it. And they knew nobody was going to stop them. It's crazy. Uh, the description of the hole being dug beneath his feet with a crutch appears to be true, as it was described by several men who were present at the time. After his death, Scoteau's body was display displayed briefly in Newton as a warning to others and then buried by his family at Mount Carmel Cemetery in nearby Echo, Alabama. Scoteau's hole no longer exists. Oh, sad. The hole that could, could not be covered was destroyed by the massive Chocotawatchee flood of 1990. Again, if you're from Alabama and know this word, let me know. Um, the, site, the site is now covered with rock that was piled under the modern Newton Bridge to prevent it from being undermined by floodwaters. So, the hole that could never be covered was covered by modern day men. Okay. Even Agosa's feet couldn't sweep away the tons of rock covering the hole. A reconstruction of the hole that will not stay filled and an interpretive sign have been placed near the original site at the Riverside Park by the Highway 123-134 bridge at Newton. Just, a, just cross the bridge from town and you will see the part on your left. Bill Scoteau's grave is at Mount Carmel Cemetery in Echo, Alabama. A small fence surrounds it to protect it from ghost hunters, one of whom damaged the headstone a few years ago. Okay, look. Um, go hunt, go, you know, ghost hunting. I've, I've been ghost hunting. I've been on ghost tours. What's well, somebody doing damage? Okay, that's history. That's property. That's not respectful. That's not what it's about. So, if you go ghost hunting, do not damage headstones or any property. Be gentle. Be kind. Be curious. But never be destructive. Okay? So, you may be asking, where's the haunting in this one? Besides the hole where he was hung, obviously. Because, I mean, that was the center point of the story. Um... The hole that would never be covered. But there's actually more. Um, this is where Bill's story becomes even more interesting because it involves the men that hung him. It is said that the six men who participated in the hanging all subsequently died from mysterious deaths. There's little to back it up, though. Those claims, other than overzealous storytellers, but I like overzealous storytellers. So I'm going to tell you what we got. Captain Brer of the home guard was out riding his horse shortly thereafter. And on a clear day with not a breath of wind blowing, he was struck by a fallen limb. Even creepier. It was the same kind of tree that they hung Bill from. Ooh. 
Another man was struck by lightning. I mean, there you go. Uh, George Eccles was found dead in a swamp of unknown causes. So that's three. Three out of six. Uh, another man was riding a mule he had ridden all its life and never had any problems with it when suddenly one day it ran out from underneath him. The man fell off and died while the mule disappeared, never to be seen again. Now, there were two others that died of equally mysterious deaths, or so the stories are told, but nobody really knows what they are. So, I'll leave this for you to judge yourself. Did Bill Scato come back to haunt these six men and then keep the hole where he hung dug out so no one forgot? Or was it all mere coincidence? Or were all the men that were hung when Bill, the day Bill was and the days preceding Bill a part of the mysterious deaths? Because it sounds like Captain Brayer had it coming, him and his little home guard. So what do you think? Send me your thoughts. Brandy at brandynicole.com. And let's debate this out. Uh, personally, I mean, I could see that whole area just being a whole, like, evil pit of vengeance. Because if these men are going around just being dicks um, and hanging people, the fear that would feed on that land and then the, the spirits, the fear, the hatred, like I can, it's like a recipe for disaster. And that's why I feel like there's so many stories from that time period, because it was all a hate filled, fearful, you know, loveless, time in history when we were against each other people would just hang people because they walked by I mean it was it was chaos it was complete chaos and when you have chaos things get out of control and so could could those men have been murdered by the ghosts of the of the men they hung absolutely why not I mean like I said I know they said old Bill there was uh praying for them and see gotta kind of think like if bill was praying for them i don't know that he would come back to kill them um it's kind of like you know um hypocritical but i mean we don't know what the other men said to him that hung that were hung right there beside bill um or in the same vicinity so maybe they cussed maybe they cursed him to hell who knows um, but it's very possible that something happened to them because of someone. Now, did Bill do it? Uh, it's hard for me to say, yeah, because of the whole prayer thing. But um, the whole whole thing was pretty cool. Um, that's just spine tingling. But what are your thoughts? Let me know. Brandy at brandynicole.com. All right. Let's switch gears to your hometown haunts. Um, this one's pretty cool this week. Um, I was actually surprised because when I got it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is from California. Oh my gosh. Um, so that like made my day. Um, you know, I was pretty sure I was like, oh, this is family and friends probably listening, but, uh, I don't know anybody in California. So, oh, I'm pretty excited about this hometown. So here we go. Greetings. 
I grew up in a small little town called Redlands, California. Not much really goes on there outside your normal crime and petty thefts. Not really scary, but rather more interesting. One of the surviving victims from Zodiac Lot lives in my hometown. Oh, wow. In fact, I have always thought that the Zodiac Killer was actually from the SoCal area rather than the Bay Area. But that is a whole different discussion. Okay, I'm good with different discussions, but let's make sure we have that discussion because I would love it. All right, back in the early early 2000s, we used to play in the orange groves a lot. We would find a bunch of things that looked like they were satanic rituals. You know, pentagrams, dead cats, bonfire pits, broken candles, things of that nature. Um, and like the satanic panic really like put a thorn in people's side in like the eighties and and it bled over to the nineties, you know. Um, but there's still people that just kind of oh my gosh, it's coming back and like let's calm down, let's not get crazy. Not everything is you know, satanic. I mean, look at the dude who, uh, they just arrested up in New York. He went to church every Sunday. He was an architect. He was a dad. Didn't have no satanic panic about him. Um, but I would call that pretty, pretty terrible. Pretty satanistic. That's probably not even, that's not even a word, but you know what I'm saying. Okay. In 2015, the San Bernardino mass shooters were shot down the street from my friend's house. My friend had actually got it on video and had it on his Facebook for like three days before he was forced to remove it. Okay, yeah. I can see why they would, you know, force him to take it down, evidence and all. Um, Also, my dad grew up in East LA and worked at Target off of Witter and Atlantic in the 80s. He lived in the area during the Night Stalker crimes. Oh my gosh. So we got Zodiac, we got the San Bernardino mass shooter, and now we have the Night Stalker. See, that's what I'm saying. California's crazy, and I love it, because there's always stories. Okay, he would say the area that, that the Night Stalker got caught in does not play games, and that Richard Ramirez was lucky the cops showed up, because they were giving him a serious beatdown. In fact, most of the people who jumped in on him didn't even know who he was. They just saw him as an outsider in the wrong neighborhood. Okay, that is one thing that I get worried about when I travel. is getting in the wrong neighborhood because I have beef with no one. But if I step on your home plate, I'm so sorry. Um, just don't, don't, I'll turn around. Let me turn around. Um, even Richard Ramirez thanked God that the police showed up to stop the beating. How many times? So I remember watching that in a docu series. How he was more than willing to go with the police. Um, I guess going to jail was more appealing than getting a beat down in the streets. But considering the jail he went to, yeah, I'm gonna say both sucked, which is nothing less than he deserved. Well, that's about as much scary, interesting stories I have from my hometown. Thanks a bunch, Patrick. Well, Patrick, I'd say that is enough. Seriously, though, let's discuss this Zodiac theory of yours. I'd love to hear it. I love the Zodiac story because they're so... The thing about the Zodiac killer, and I know people get tired of hearing about it, but there's so many angles and there's so many twists and there's so... It's so complex. That's what that's what intrigues people about it anyway, um, I believe. I mean... 
it's intriguing to know somebody's that it's that twisted and that it's just intense and trying to figure it out from all these angles and all these perspectives and all these clues. It's just, it's a lot. And I think that's what draws people. That's what draws me in. I mean, it's, it's one of the most complex cases ever. And I could talk about it forever. And this is not a Zodiac podcast. So I'm going to move on. Um, so do you have a hometown haunt to share? A hometown murder gone wrong? An urban legend that haunts your town? A crazy grandpa who sits and tells fables that could be true? I mean, mine did. Mine told me every single time we got together. Why do you think I am the way that I am? Thanks, grandpa. Uh, so send in those stories. Let me hear, let them be heard. Let me hear them. Brandy at BrandyNicole.com. Um, and as always, thanks for tuning in to another haunting episode. Until next time, my friends. Bye. Haunted Mayhem.